a Scrum disaster. Welcome to Scrum Dynamics, episode 31, featuring a Scrum disaster. Hi, everyone, and thanks so much for joining me on the Scrum Dynamics podcast. My name is Neil Benson, and the goal of Scrum Dynamics is to help every Microsoft customer and partner use the Scrum framework to successfully implement Microsoft business applications. Actually, it used to be just Dynamics 365, but now that the Power Platform, including Power Apps, Power BI, and Flow, are all part of the same Microsoft business unit under James Phillips, and they're used in combination in so many of your projects and mine, we're including Power Apps, Power BI, and Flow folks in our mission as well. You're all welcome to use the Scrum Agile Software Development Framework to reduce project costs, shrink timelines, mitigate risks, and have more fun delivering business apps that everyone will love. It's great to have you back. I really appreciate everyone who takes a moment to subscribe to the show so that they can get their ears on every episode. If you're not already a subscriber, then today is the best day ever to become one. Just click on the subscribe button on your favourite podcast player and you won't miss another episode. It's free and I try as best I can to make every episode awesome. If you've been listening since around episode 25, I've been releasing short episodes, just 10 to 15 minutes featuring one of your questions about implementing Scrum for Microsoft business applications in each show. We've had Rowan Killian asking about written answers in daily scrums in episode 25, Dan Barber, who got to hear the cadence of my sprints in episode 26, in 27, Jonas Waters asked about pitching Scrum to a prospective Dynamics 365 client. In 28, I encouraged Sean Tabor to stop estimating in days. In 29, we were done with the Power App Solution Checker. And in episode 30, I shared a recent example of how my team used emergent design rather than upfront design to integrate Adobe Campaign with Dynamics 365 customer engagement. In episode 31, I'm going to try something a little different. I'm going to walk you through a Dynamics 365 disaster. How do I know it was a disaster? Well, I was the practice director, accountable for the project. And the project was terminated early by the client before it was released into production, and we had to write off some of our consulting fees. Don't know about you, but by my standards, that's a disaster. My project disaster is not a disastrous CRM project like the one Gus Gonzalez discussed on the CRM MVP podcast, episode 52. It wasn't many years late and hundreds of millions of dollars over budget. It didn't end up in court and it didn't involve B-Sky-B or EDS. Here are some other differences. It was a Dynamics 365 customer engagement project. Strictly, it was a model-driven Power Apps project, except in 2007, we just called that XRM back then. It was run using the Scrum framework, and it didn't involve B-Sky-B or EDS, but it did involve me. I'm going to let you know right now that I'm, uh, I'm taking accountability for the outcomes of this project. I'm not going to name the client or any of my team members or any of my client's team members. That wouldn't be fair. The buck stops with me and me alone. But I am going to tell you as much as I can remember about that project and perhaps where I think it went wrong 
and where I should have seen the warning signs and intervened before the client cancelled it. So here's how it started. In 2016, we won the competitive procurement process to deliver a major Dynamics 365 project as part of a major CRM program that would progressively roll out over three years to a couple of thousand users. The CRM program itself was part of a multi-billion dollar 10-year strategic transformation program for this client. For those of us directly involved in the multi-year, multi-million dollar CRM project, it felt like a significant piece of work. But in a portfolio of hundreds of projects, many larger than CRM, it was only a mid-sized initiative. We started the CRM project with an eight-week proof-of-concept project. The idea was that the client would work with my team for four sprints to get to know us and how we work, to evaluate Dynamics 365 and make a go-or-no-go decision about us and about Dynamics. The proof of concept went really well. In fact, the client extended it by a few more weeks and we released Dynamics 365 into production for a small customer care team that were about to face an Oracle right now license renewal. So they managed to dodge that by taking up Dynamics 365. Based on several more quick wins at the start, the engagement got extended and we continued for many more sprints, extending Dynamics 365 to meet the client's complex requirements and to integrate it with lots of other internal and external systems. About a year into the CRM project, and we got asked by the finance and HR departments to go and help them out. They had embarked on a separate project to digitise some paper-based forms. The client had a massive PeopleSoft system for finance and HR, but it was 10 years old. It was on-premise, and it was a few versions behind. Its users had adopted workarounds based on paper and Excel and other things for functions like getting hiring requests approved and submitting expense claims for reimbursement. The digitization of those forms was a project that was behind schedule. Could we use Dynamics 365 to help get finance and HR back on track? Sure, of course we could. Dynamics 365 is fantastic. And you know what? We use Scrum. Scrum will help you reduce your project costs, shrink timelines, mitigate risks, and have more fun delivering business apps that everyone will love. Neil Benson says so. I didn't know that the finance and HR forms project was doomed. I didn't imagine they'd get terminated. I couldn't foresee us having to write off our fees. And just for your benefit, here are the warning signs that I should have seen. Is it one project or two? Finance and HR both wanted to use Dynamics 365. They both needed paper-based business processes to be digitised quickly, and all their processes ended up in PeopleSoft. Other than that, they had very little in common. Separate groups of stakeholders, separate timelines, separate budgets, different objectives and constraints. I had seen this situation before. Two separate divisions or departments trying to run a single BizApps project using a single Scrum team. It very rarely works. I've only been able to make it work once before. And this finance and HR forms project was a reminder that it's close to impossible. I should have insisted that it was run as two separate projects with two small Scrum teams. Even if each Scrum team only had three people, which is about as small as a Scrum team can get, 
that would have been better than a single team of six people trying to deliver two projects at once. Lesson learned. Know how many projects you're dealing with. How many forms? I'd given the client an initial estimate of the effort and fees it would take to digitise the finance and HR forms. Under pressure to complete the project to a strict deadline, we skipped any kind of workshops to understand the project's objectives, to get to know our stakeholders, to map their business processes, or to understand their requirements and draft a product backlog. I'd been given a list of about 30 forms to digitise. I'd been given wireframes for some of them to illustrate what the new forms should look like, and for the rest, I was given a copy of the existing form. That was it. No more context than that. The forms weren't ordered in any kind of priority. There was no business rules or any other requirements provided. Just the forms. I think I estimated it would take 10 two-week sprints. And off we went. Day one, sprint one, and my team met the project stakeholders for the first time to try and elaborate the user stories for the first couple of sprints. What a terrible way to start a project. I should have insisted on running my structured user story mapping process to launch the project. User story mapping provides project teams with a shared vision for the project. The development team gains an understanding of the user roles, business processes and the high-level requirements. And the requirements are laid out in two dimensions, following business processes from left to right and prioritised highest to lowest down the wall. After we estimate the complexity of the requirements and estimate the velocity of our team, then the scope, timeline and budget becomes clear to everyone before we set out. Starting a Scrum project with no backlog is no way to start a project at all. And I should have known better. Don't be like Neil on the Finance and HR Forms project. Develop your product backlog before you start Sprint 1. Where on earth are we? The client had lots of simultaneous projects running at once to support their 10-year strategic transformation. Their buildings were filled with seconded staff, temporary staff, consultants and contractors taking up every available spare desk, meeting room, conference room and picnic bench. Our finance and HR scrum team was shunted off to a large wood-panelled room where we were hunched over our laptops resting on picnic tables with power cords stretched in all directions. We shared that noisy, echoey chamber with three other project teams running unrelated projects. The only thing we had in common with those other teams was a shared whiteboard on wheels, and we spent an enormous amount of energy fighting to make each other heard, and sometimes fighting over that whiteboard. The finance and HR teams were located in different buildings, several minutes' walk from ours. We used to meet in random meeting rooms all over the place, but we never spent much time co-located together. And I'm a big fan of co-located scrum teams. I've run remote teams and they can be successful as well, but I find it best when my development team is co-located in the same place as the product owner and the people who will eventually use the business application we're developing. I should have insisted on finding a co-located space. I did try to secure space at our consulting offices in the city centre. We had just moved into fancy new offices downtown that had great meeting facilities. 
Anyone who's been to a Dynamics 365 user group meeting in Sydney in the last couple of years knows the offices I'm talking about. But the offices weren't ready for long-term project spaces where we could collaborate with our clients. I've heard that that was made possible about 18 months later, but that was too late to save my finance and HR forms project. If you try and shove your Dynamics 365 Scrum team into a really unproductive working space, don't be surprised what they shove into your Dynamics 365 system. How many pixels to the left? The finance and HR teams had already had a crack at a custom development project to digitize their forms. They had engaged a user experience design firm to produce some actually fairly impressive looking wireframes and then a PHP development team to build custom web applications to bring those forms to life. That effort was cancelled before my Dynamics 365 team got the call. Actually, thinking about it now, I'd love to know more about why that project failed. Remind me next time I'm asked to recover a failed project, I should ask a few more questions about why the last attempt failed. Anyway, the PHP developers exited stage left, but the user interface designers, they were retained. And in many ways, they became the substitute for a single visionary product owner with the domain knowledge who knew the requirements and had the authority to make product prioritization decisions. We did our best to work alongside the two or three very talented UX designers, but to be honest, it was always an uncomfortable working arrangement. We were extending Dynamics 365 portals to try and meet their pixel-perfect designs, but they expected pixel-perfect control from what's really a configurable form builder. If I really wanted to build a rich, immersive user experience for my customers, then I'd choose a modern content management system, you know, like WordPress or Sitecore, Adobe Experience Manager or Sitefinity. There are there's lots to choose from. Dynamics 365 portals can integrate with just about any of those to provide an authenticated forms-based experience for customer care, for communities, for partner collaboration, and lots of other scenarios. But this wasn't an external, customer-facing website build. It was a forms and workflow project for internal finance and HR people. The only external customers were job applicants who could probably live without a pixel-perfect job application form. Dynamics 365 is a solid choice for building HR, recruitment, and onboarding business processes in an XRM-style business application, but we thought that IntelliDocs might be a better fit. If you don't know them, IntelliDocs builds software for intelligent forms development and workflow, and it's got a proven integration with Dynamics 365. They're another independent software vendor here in Australia, really popular with the Australian federal government and commercial clients. But our client couldn't afford the length of time it might take to run a procurement exercise and buy a more suitable solution. We had to build everything in Dynamics 365 portals. One of the user experience gaps in Dynamics 365 portals was the lookup field. If you want to assign one of your expense items to an internal project or department, you need to be able to search through very long lists of entity records for projects and departments. If you want to get your expense report approved by anyone other than your direct manager, you had to search through very long lists of staff with expense approval authority. Using lookups on a portal, eh, it's, mm-hmm, I don't think it's a great experience. 
And it took us a couple of sprints to develop a, a custom autocomplete search field that filtered matching records from a set of 100,000 or more records as you typed. We thought it was pretty good. But then the UX designers dropped the bombshell. The whole thing had to work on any employee's mobile phone. And they didn't have a standard corporate mobile phone. It was a bring-your-own-device kind of organization. So we had to support any employee's smartphones that were just a few years old. And with that bombshell, we doubled the estimate for all of the remaining finance forms. I should have, looking back on it, insisted that we stick to the strength of Dynamics 365 portals. It's a rapid application development platform for supporting your online interactions with your customers, partners, and suppliers. Portals are not a world-class content management system. Of course, today, if you wanted to build a first-class mobile app based on Dynamics 365, well, you've got model and canvas power apps to choose from. And soon, you'll have Power Apps Portals as another option. But back in 2016 or 2017, Dynamics 365 Portals was our best option. The client's expectations were not set in the right place. And it was my responsibility to successfully align those expectations and deliver the project or walk away. And I made the wrong decision. I stuck with it. I thought I could be the hero and deliver a Dynamics 365 portal solution when it probably wasn't the best tool for the requirements and the client couldn't be walked back from insisting on specific requirements. How many project managers? When we started the HR and finance forms project, we were introduced to the finance project manager, then the HR project manager, and then the IT project manager. Three project managers is a lot for a Dynamics project that's only going to run for a few months. In a Scrum project, there isn't even a role for a project manager. Sometimes they might support the team with some traditional project management responsibilities like budget and contract management and coordinating resources outside the team that our development team needs to get their work done. But three? That was ridiculous. And all it did was create lots of requirements for status reports. And since I was based in another city and not on site full time, I wanted to find a full time scrum master from within my consulting practice to help us out, to coach the team full time on site. Unfortunately, I didn't have anyone available in my customer engagement practice and I wasn't allowed to hire more team members to support my team's growth. Other parts of our consulting organization had hired too quickly recently and had people on the bench available for work. So I was given a very experienced project manager with lots of experience running Oracle ERP projects, but he had very little experience with Scrum and no experience with Dynamics 365. And because he was a director responsible for growing the Oracle practice, he wasn't available on-site full-time either. That left the client's three project managers to run rings around my development team and basically drive them crazy. The finance and HR project managers eventually left the project. They were were both replaced with new project managers. That didn't help much either. And then just as the mobile bombshell dropped, the IT department replaced their project manager too. The new IT project manager performed a quick assessment of this finance and HR forms project and killed it. I had to agree with him that we should have done more to escalate the issues, call out the risks and stop trying to heroically save a doomed project 
and we agreed to waive our unpaid fees. The HR Forms project limped on with a single consultant from my team working side by side with the HR Operations Manager and, to their credit, after a couple more months, they were able to go live with a range of simple HR inquiry forms for case management. Meanwhile, the main CRM project that my other development team was running went from strength to strength and delivered on all of its expected outcomes for the client. And today, it's a case study project for Microsoft Dynamics 365. So all was not lost, but heck, I learned some very valuable lessons. Have you ever had a project fail? I remember the story of a venture capitalist who preferred to invest in entrepreneurs who had, who had failed and who had lost a business. The VC's rationale was that every entrepreneur is taking risks and pushing hard and will fail sooner or later. This VC didn't want any entrepreneur's first failure to use his money, so he only invested in entrepreneurs who had lost someone else's money, or better yet, lost their own money on a previous venture. He figured that they'd have learned the lessons and would be a safer investment. Maybe it's the same if you're responsible for delivering successful projects. You're only worth betting on when you've learned the lessons from at least one failed project. At least that's how I console myself as I cry into my pillow thinking about my failed finance and HR forms project. I hope you can learn some lessons from my experience. Perhaps you can relate to some of the critical failure factors. The missing product backlog, the unproductive working environment, using the wrong tool for the wrong job and still expecting perfect results. Or too many project managers. I hope you don't recognise all of them in your current project, but if you experience one or two, hopefully you've learned a lesson from my sorry tale. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes where I'm going to interview people involved in successful Dynamics 365 and Power Platform projects. They'll be sharing their critical success factors for award-winning projects. You don't want to miss any of those episodes, so make sure you subscribe to Scrum Dynamics on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. Until then, everybody, keep sprinting. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate you. See you next time.